BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast with Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. Boy, am I excited. Training camp is underway. I had four games of softball when it was 108 degrees heat index. I might have had a heat stroke, but we're here right now. Matt, how are you doing? You're feeling like Anthony Sherman in a vaccination line. That's how you're oh, feeling. That spicy, spicy take. To, if that's the first thing we're going to say to start the show off, it can only get hotter from here. <laughs> feeling hot, hot, hot. I remember that yeah. that uh, Office episode. You ever watch The Office? Oh, amazing, amazing program. Like when he goes to Jamaica, comes back with that steel drum. <laughs> yeah. And then is like playing it incessantly around the office. Like, I just want to do that the whole time here with hot. I wish I had a steel drum just to play that. And then anyway, yeah, it's been a hot week. Hot takes, hot vax takes, hot training camp. You're playing. You're looking hot right now. Dude. Sterling is in a suit or at least a suit jacket. It's a full looking- suit looking more dapper than any man should when recording a podcast, except now I think every man should look that good. Reporting no, I, I look right? like an asshole right now. Like I need your outfit. I need the beanie, the long <laughs> hair and just a t-shirt. That's the, the, the go-to podcast outfit. I look like an asshole right now. This, <laughs> you just this described guy, me as like a Beavis and Butthead character. Yeah, you basically you're looking like Beavis and Butthead, and I'm I'm out here looking like Sterling Archer and Archer, but <laughs> I'm not doing badass stuff. I'm sitting here talking into a microphone. Love it in a love it. in a radio station right How, now. How like wait, Chiefs training camp is a thing. Football's happening every weekend from here on out. We've got like real games. How do you feel? Does that does that warm your heart? I know it's hot outside, but does it warm you on the inside? On a scale of one to ten, at least eleven. Like it feels like bush light. You know when you first crack open a bush light on a hot day, and you're just <laughs> like, 
wow, what a feeling. You just got done mowing the lawn. You're like, I can sit down. The Royals game is on, but now we have training camp. Like, this is what it feels like. Football is back. Hall of Fame game on Thursday. We're in it. We've, we've, we've done the long offseason. It's yeah. not, yeah. We're, we're past that now. Now we're to the good stuff. So I'm mm. stoked. What about you? Well, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Let me say this. If you're tired of feeling long and want to get to the good stuff, have we got something for you? The lawnmower 4.0 gets rid of all that detritus and the stuff on top and gets to the good stuff. If you want to get there with the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer that comes with cutting edge ceramic blade technology, we're talking 7,000 RPMs. I don't know many things that move that fast. Maybe Joshua Kando off the line. Maybe the lawnmower in my pants. Those are the two <laughs> things on that list. So let me just say, it even look, folks, it has a 4,000K LED spotlight so you can see what you're doing, where you need to see what you're doing, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, there's even a line here in my notes that says, to Buzz Lightyear, you're Woody, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm so far thematically away from that, but if you think I'm not dropping that joke here, I'm doing it anyway. Beyond that, uh, sign up the, along with the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and uh, get your lawnmower 4.0. Use the code FANSIDED20. That's FANSIDED20 lawnmower. Now back to the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Uh, it's It's camp. We've got some takeaways here for those of you who listen. By the way, we don't do this often enough, but I just love loyal listeners. If you've been with us for a while, uh, we just so appreciate you tuning in all the time. There's a lot of great, honestly, some really, really great Chiefs content out there um, to fill your week. Like, you know, whether it's video, audio, um, reading articles. So we're, um, you know, it, it, it's never lost on me that it's a real gift to have anyone tune in. So, so appreciate that. So, so to meet that and hopefully provide some good observations here, Sterling, let's talk, uh, let's talk some takeaways. Let's start positive. Let's start on a positive note, right? Yeah. We, we got to start happy. Yeah, I think so. What, like, like as you, the first week of training camp is in the books, the pads come on tomorrow. That's a game changer. But in this first sort of loose getting back to things, what would you say is your, like, like, do you have a positive takeaway from this first week of camp? What I've been screaming all last year is finally happening. Free Willie, baby. <laughs> Willie Gay Jr. looks phenomenal. Dude is flying around, picked off Mahomes. Uh, he, he's just been, he looks good. <laughs> Everyone is talking about like I was already gonna say this, and then all of a sudden Tyron Matthew today just starts tweeting out Willie Gay Jr. hype stuff. And I'm yeah. not gonna lie, if you ever wanted to get hyped about a player, it's so easy to get hyped about Willie Gay Jr. right now. Uh, I'm writing an article about it. I actually I think it's going up tomorrow. Took a little in depth about why I think Willie Gay Jr. is gonna break out his athleticism numbers just jump off the chart. He was, I, I want to say, 97th uh, in linebackers for uh, his 40 time, 97th or 99th in vertical, as well as the broad jump. 
He has the athleticism and the ability to keep up with running backs out of the backfield. He has the speed and the size to keep up with tight ends, the athleticism to jump up, knock balls down in the passing lanes. He likes to lay the wood. Dude likes to get after it. I am just so incredibly excited about Willie Gay Jr. And the fact that he's obviously taken that next step. Not a lot of rookies play early on in Spag's system. Juan Thornhill was the outlier. So it was maybe a little foolhardy to believe that Willie Gay Jr. was going to be the next guy to start that early in the system, especially after not playing that often in college. But now that he's got his feet wet, an actual real offseason, a real offseason where you can actually yeah. go through training camp and OTAs and yeah. learn this playbook. And he's producing now. I get it. it's before pads. So I'm, I'm getting out in front of myself. I'm, I, I'll admit it. I'm becoming a prisoner of the moment, but <laughs> I want to be a prisoner of this moment because he looks that good. Matt, who do you I got? I love it. I love it. Let, let me say, let me say this about Willie Gay Jr. This is what the chiefs, like the chiefs needed this to happen, right? Like you draft a guy a year in advance knowing that it's for like the following year, right? Like, I mean, this year we can be excited about Creed Humphrey and we am be- we can be excited about Trey Smith, but the chiefs got some stop gaps for this year because you don't count on that. You let you hope for something in the immediate, but you count on your coaches and those players developing together to give you starters in the next season. So like last year, we didn't get much from Willie, but that was kind of what's expected of any, like, like you said, but what, what needed to happen is Willie Gay Jr. Breaking out and becoming that general in the middle of the field who can just be that all world player, that presence. I'm, I don't, you know, like we've been following, we've been following Tehran for a little while here. Have you ever seen him tweet out something like singling out a player and, and like, you know, that sort of hype or buzz, it feels kind of rare to get that kind of response from the leader of the chiefs defense from the heart and soul from a guy like that. And so if you're, if you're making the, the jaw drop of a guy like Matthew, I think that's a great sign. And if you can add a presence like that in the heart of the defense, you know, you saw it last year with the Bucks. With the, you know, the guys they have there on the second level, Devin White and and like Levante David. I mean, it it, it just takes the defense to another level. So yeah, I I, I agree. I, I I think it's very exciting. I think it's great. I think Matthew's hype only adds to only adds to the hype. Plus, it means that some other players aren't getting playing time. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on. This is a pot. Well, I guess that could be a positive takeaway that other players aren't getting as much playing time. I get it. <laughs> but come on. We're trying to be positive here, Matt. Who got do you it. got? I went Willie Gay Jr. Maybe that was the easy route, but I did write about it. So I, I feel like I had to. I, I pigeonholed myself. I'm kidding. I was going to, anyways. Uh, who do you got? You know, I, I, I all off season long, it felt like the storyline around Jerron Reed was that we were underselling it. So even Andy Reed was like, Hey, let's not forget we signed Jerron Reed. Right. And all the buzzes around, like, can Frank live up to the contract and can Chris Jones handle a shift? But all of that is kind of made possible. Like we can have more hope about Frank, I think. And we can, we can believe that Jones can handle the shift 
because of the presence of Reed in the middle. And, and today, you know, for example, Reed looked great. He was kind of like a man among boys as the chiefs were trying to install, um, you know, some run plays and clearly was just kind of getting disrupted from being able to do what they want to do. Um, I just think we're going to see maybe that impact. We've discussed Reed a little bit before, but just for review, remember he was called the best run stuffer in his whole draft class. And then he got disruptive. I mean, the guy was disruptive from the middle in a good not, way, in, in a, a good, good way. way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like not on a Chris Jones level, but who is, but you know, we're talking like the six to 10 sack range from a tackle is a very, very disruptive and productive tackle. And so if that guy also can be a stout run defender to go next to Derek Naughty, an impressive Chuck Wharton. I, yeah. I, I'm just kind of, I'm taking that away from the first week and just thinking we may have like a third legit presence on this line. I think you mean a second legit presence on this line. Oh, I was trying to keep it positive, my friend. Okay. We have a third <laughs> <laughs> side note, side note. I, I And I tweeted about this over the weekend, the cost of keeping Bashad Breland signing Justin Houston and Sammy Watkins would be slightly less than half of what Frank Clark is going to cost on the books this year. It's not apples to apples. We're talking long-term versus one-term deals, one-year deals. But it made me sad to do that math. Like, math makes me sad anyway, but it made me really sad to do that math. At some point, it sucks because it's a sunk cost, and I was always told, like, it happened. You can't go back. It is what it is. I get sunk costs. I'm still not going to be upset at least a little bit by it when you look at what could have been. I'm not complaining. Brett Veach brought his Super Bowl to Kansas City. He got us another appearance. I am not complaining. I am. It's the what if game, okay? It Please, is. Don't it is. don't yell at me. And say these guys are idiots. They're complaining. Obviously, Frank Clark played out because they got a Super Bowl. I'm not debating you, sir. I'm just saying it could have been maybe a little bit more, a little longevity, some more money to work with. Yeah. Brett Veach made his life a little bit harder by the contract that Frank Clark received, and I'm still a little befuddled about what's going to happen with the whole situation in California with the Uzis in the back seat of of cars and multiple times it sounds like he had guns. I, I'm still intrigued to see how this is all going to play out because right now everyone's acting like it didn't happen, but I feel California may have a better memory than all of us here because they may not let this just go as easily. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, you know, earlier on another podcast, we had our, our friend and, and lawyer, Ellen Matheson. She thinks Frank's playing all 16 games. She doesn't think it's a deal. 17. What, why is he not playing 17? Why is well, he sitting at one game, Matt? Because the Chiefs have to rest <laughs> their start. Yeah. 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 Um, maybe he's got, maybe there'll be another Uzi. Who knows? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, for one game. It's, it's what, so every third game you have an, or every third time you have an Uzi, it's a one game suspension. I think <laughs> that's the, the ratio. It's a three to one. We didn't make the rules. It's in the bylaws FB. We don't but, make them, folks. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I hope his lawyer says, did Uzi, what's in the backseat? Like, I hope someone cracks that kind of <laughs> Like a joke. some terrible puns. A One terrible of those, pun. terrible. Like a super thick tie that has, when you get up to inspect it, it squirts you. One of those type things. 
he gets up there. He he's like first for Frank Clark, and he crosses his arms and and flames like a a pigeon is in there. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm thinking of Job off Arrested of Development. That's what I'm thinking of. That's I who like I'm it. thinking should be the lawyer for Frank Clark. I like it. I like I like it that you went all like you just took my bad joke and ran with it versus just like calling me out. That's why and, we're teammates, uh, baby. Because you, let me have, you have bad ideas and I make them way worse. That's why we're teammates. Yeah. We'll be, uh, we've got a lot more bad ideas coming up after the break. This is the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast with Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. You know who we are. You listened to it. You clicked on the link. You're here with us. Uh, we did the positive takeaways in the first segment before the break. Now it's time to be negative Nancy's. Talk about the negative from training camp. <laughs> Matt, I'll start with you because we were just I, pretty negative. We were just pretty no, negative during the positive. No, we were positive. We were positive Paulies. Now we're going to be negative Nancy's. I All don't right. know. All right. Go, My, go. Who do you got? So if I had, I mean, today, uh, today, Juan Thornhill came up with a groin injury and it just like, rather than look back over training camp and try to come up with something that's concerning to me, it's hard not to go with this immediate news because, you know, we saw, you know, last year we saw Dan Sorensen step up when Juan Thornhill clearly came back either too early. We talked about this last time, Sterling, that either Juan came back too early from the torn ACL the previous season or he was saddled with too great of a workload. It's it's impossible for us to know which one of those or both was a fault there. But the Chiefs clearly scaled back his responsibilities and then had him slowly ramp up as the postseason came near. The good news is, is that he looked good in the postseason, uh, but he came in injured already or or hurting into training camp and then pulled up with a groin injury. Now here's the thing to have a dynamic presence like that next to Matthew is going to make all the difference in the chief's ability to sort of match the offense and be able to like really put opponents away to do what Spags wants to do. The third wheel there, Dan Sorensen, he was really impressive last year, but he's always been a guy who's played over his head, right? Now we're talking, he's getting longer in the tooth, as you'd say, right? He's getting like into his thirties. He's never been like your athletic profile that you like. He's just always been, he's always been a smart, tough, durable player. And that's gotten the job done because he's that much smarter, that much more prepared, that much tougher. That works for a while. Right. But I think, I think it could get ugly if, if dirty Dan hits a wall. And Juan Thornhill's not ready. I'm looking at that roster going, I mean, are, are like you have to make a move if that becomes concerning. And I'm just wondering if we're going to look back and go, geez, Thornhill was a lot of like hopeful and then injured, hopeful and then injured. I'm not saying it's Eric Berry yet. I don't want to overreact, but, and it's only a week in a training camp. So, so whatever. But, you know, if we're being negative, that's my negative. Are you worried about Juan at this point, my friend? I'm not super worried about Juan Thornhill. I think he's going to be 100% okay. Uh, behind Juan Thornhill, I am a little bit concerned. I would have liked to see a safety drafted 
earlier on. I, I've been kind of calling for that for a while now, uh, past two drafts, just based on how often the Chiefs use three safeties. They only play two linebackers and they play three safeties. I would have liked to get some more young talent, controllable talent injected back there in case of injury with one Thornhill. Uh, I think Dan Sorensen is fine. He's just, he's a guy at this point. He's, he's a jag, just a guy. I don't think he's going to hit a wall this year. I, I think he is just, he is who he is. He was never based on athleticism to begin with. So I don't see him dropping that much farther <laughs> off, but I don't want to count on Dan Sorensen. I think Dan Sorensen is a fine insurance policy for games here and there for plays, uh, but counting on him for another full season, again, just seems like a foolhardy endeavor for me. My negative Nancy guy is McCole Hardman. I know Patrick likes to talk him up. I know they like to act like they're on the same page, but a lot of times when it comes to actually playing on the field, they're not on the same page. The first interception he threw was, guess who? McCole Hardman. That's the guy who was targeted. It, it just seems like they're always not on the same page. And I get that was a, I don't know what it's called when you say never always. What's that oxymoron? <laughs> Not an oxymoron. That's that's like quiet riot. Whatever it was, it was poor English. But they seem to never be on the same page. And at some point, I want to see McColl do the extras. When Patrick and some guys were there early, where's McColl? When Tom Brady got to Tampa Bay and was going through and, and going early with the wide receivers, he got on the same page. Why isn't McColl doing the same thing with Mahomes? Andy Reid was asked about that and basically was like, yeah. It was a huge deal. Like that's something that we would like to see didn't happen. Just to me, McColl needs to start showing that drive. If he ever wants to become the number two, if he wants to be that guy, if he wants to have a long-term contract in Kansas City, he's got to show up, right? You can't just base your entire game off of speed. Eventually, you're going to have to be on the same page as Patrick. Eventually, you're going to have to run crisper routes. You're not in college anymore. In college, you can blow by people to get open. You can't in the NFL. Speed helps, but you got to have a well-rounded game as well. So for me, so far, it's a disappointment. Not saying McColl's not going to be that guy, but so far, I haven't been, I haven't been presently surprised by him breaking out by any means. Hmm. Yeah, the, the conversation that you're talking about feels like a rookie or a second-year player conversation. And here we are two full years in still talking about preparedness, still talking about, uh, you know, the, the mental demands of the game, still talking about drive, you know, these things that maybe the lessons learned in the first year, that's troubling to me to hear you list some of these things because it's like, yeah, man, if you don't have some of those things down by now, I do hope that we're blowing it out of proportion. I hope that some of these things are really there and we're not privy to them, you know, sure. in the same way that I hope that big Frank maybe is, is understanding of the criticism and then is ready to live up to some of these things. But, but yeah, you know, this, this does feel like 
a, a late growth curve and it, and it's, it's frustrating to, to say the least. I, and I like I, McCall Hardman. Like I really like McCall Hardman as a person. I think he's a great human being. I'm not saying he's been a bust. I'm not going to say that. Cause when you look at some of the other wide receivers, we always like to focus on the guys who were studs. We never bring up the guys who were legitimate busts who were drafted before or after McCall. So I'm not going to say he's a bust. He's, he's been okay. Right. He's just, he's been a guy. So I'm not going to yeah. say McCall, has been a bust but to me one of the most concerning aspects was I believe Andy was asked how important this training camp was for McCole and when you say this is a very important training camp for McCole Hardman this is his third year this shouldn't be a very important training camp for a guy who's had the same quarterback the same system this should be another training camp right yeah. The first one, second one, maybe because if you like Willie Gay Jr., you had the COVID and the short and all that stuff. I understand this is a big training camp for Willie Gay Jr. Third year for McCall Hartman, this shouldn't be a big training camp for him. Yeah. Hey, given the fumbles on, on returns, do you trust him to go out there as the Chiefs' primary, like, let's say, punt returner this year? <sighs> Very good question. My, my, my gut tells me no. I just want someone who's back who back there who is very sure-handed. Uh, Byron Pringle, I think, is fine. I don't want anyone back there who's going to necessarily always try for the big play, even Tyreek Hill to an extent. This offense is too good and too talented. It doesn't always matter where they get the ball. They're so good. Field position isn't the biggest issue to me. I just want them to have the ball. It's not worth it for me running back 30 yards. It's not worth it for the chance of a fumble. Take it. Take your six yards straight ahead. I'm fine with that. Take your fair catch. Just catch the ball. That's where I'm at because the offense is so good. Any extra debacle waiting to happen, trying to make a big play, isn't worth it to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, I would agree. I mean, there's, there's a part of me that wants to see a redemption story there. But we've seen the Chiefs entertain some speedy receivers who remain on the roster now. I'm thinking. Chad Williams. I'm thinking Darius Shepard. The Chiefs have some guys with some return history and capability um, on the roster now, and it makes me wonder if that final wide receiver spot is being saved for which guy can look the best because we can't trust like Hardman to go back there and, and be that guy again. And I And I mean beyond Pringle. I guess I'm thinking punts in particular. So yeah, I'm just kind of curious about this roster makeup and, and seeing how that's going to play out. Sterling, let me ask you this. Let's go back in time for a bit. We've been talking present, whatever. I'd love to know, as the Chiefs roster is currently made up now, and maybe, or maybe this won't sway your answer, but if you could reach back into Chiefs history, even last year, if you want to bring Sherman back, for example, and vaccinate <laughs> him and make him play, whatever. I'm, I can't let that one go, by the way. Anyway. If you or if you want to reach back all the way and say, "Give me," I want Lamar Hunt alive again, and <laughs> and in the owner's box, whatever. If you could bring back any Chiefs player or figure, if you like, from the past to be a part of this season's roster and this season's run at a Super Bowl, who would it be and why? Well, Derek Thomas is the easy answer. I don't really want to go that route because I think it's too easy, especially with the concerns that pass rush. That to me seems 
It seems too easy, right? Just go in. The, I feel like 95% of folk would say Derek Thomas. That's the easy answer. Uh, with the revamp on O-line, I don't really feel like picking up another O-line. Uh, like Will Shields would be fantastic or Willie Rowe if I get it. That's not fun for me. I, that's just okay. What I want to go with is the one running back that has ever mattered in the past like 15 years, and that's Jamal Charles. Mm-hmm. Jamal Charles, if you want to get into the advanced analytics what he did was historically unprecedented. It was amazing. You put him on a good team. He was playing on those terrible teams. Everyone knew what Kansas City was going to do, and he was still <laughs> gouge you for six yards a carry. That is absurd. Not only that, he was an absolute beast in the pass game. I like Clyde Hilaire. He ain't no Jamal Charles. You put Jamal Charles on this roster, get him in open space time and time again. Dude. It is over. It's you think over. with like with Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Mahomes right there, uh, okay, what the hell are you gonna do? Yeah, I, I, that that to me would be unfair, video game esque. Yeah, stupid. I know, but in my brain, no. I want to see that happen. I love it. Uh, I mean, that's two thousand yards from scrimmage. Am I right? I mean, that's like it's an automatic. It's child's play. It's 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 pick your poison, but this poison can kill you seventeen thousand ways. <laughs> I'm almost like I almost feel shame in whatever answer I get because Jamal is really. I mean, he's just he was such a great back. I think we all just did. Feel I take your answer, it. Matt, because if I took no. your answer, I'm an ass. I I feel bad. <laughs> no, you didn't. I mean, I think I'd I think I'd go just recent history and go with Tamba. I just like. To me, he was always the model of consistency. He was such a great. I don't. I, he may not be the the best fit here. Maybe Spags like someone longer. Whatever. I don't know. But like, given the given the the issues outside, I'd love to put Chris back in the middle with Reed or you know or something, and and just bring back Tampa in a way that would let him um, really enjoy the success that the team's having now. I. I I feel the same way about Justin in a way. All these guys like got to the playoffs, but were stuck with that monkey on their back. And I, you know, I'd love to see any of them return. I mean, of course, some guys are now like done and retired, but uh, yeah, you know, there were a lot of great Chiefs in this generation who never got to climb the mountain like this current three-year stretch of guys have done, and that just makes you sad for what they could. They were so close. And and didn't know it. Yeah, that that's a very good point. A lot of those guys who were just, uh, yeah, uh, and didn't know it. I would have also liked to see Tony Gonzalez because put him in a two tight end set with Travis Kelsey would also be just absolutely stupid. Um, I do want to say, Matt, before we do go out. I love the people that listen to this and our fans, like you mentioned earlier, that I was reading some of the nice things on apple music uh the reviews and everyone was so nice i just want to say that i really appreciate that that's always because at the end of the day we are just people we get to talk chiefs for fun and it's so nice when you actually get to see someone say something nice about you it's just we're human beings at the end of the day and it's really really fun it's really nice to, to see that if you want us to do anything stupid i'll we'll read your questions if you want us to i know you know, like Vertoram and Patrick Allen, they do cereal rankings and food. We'll do music. If you want us to bust out wild music takes, we'll do it. If you have any stupid ones, like which Van Halen singer 
made the band better. David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar, I'll, uh, I'll have that conversation at uh, some point. Was Bon Scott or Brian Johnson? Where, wh- who do you think of when you think of ACDC? Oh, man. You know, we could we could do this shenanigans. We could do shenanigans. In fact, why is it called? It should be he nanigans. I know far more. Yeah. I know far more guys who get into trouble than that. You know, it should be he nanigans if we were going to do it. That's yeah, all I'm we're, saying. We're idiots. So it would be a he nanigans. At, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, let's take us out of here. All right. This was the Airhead Addict Podcast with Matt Connor. I am Sterling Holmes. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to drop us a review on Apple Music or wherever you listen to your podcast, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to go and pick up the Lawnmower 4.0, go check it out. Fansite of 20. That is the code at manscaped.com. Have a oh, great that week. Woody? Have a great weekend. Take it easy. We're out of here. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.